Hello, and welcome to the Youth Speakers Coach Podcast. This is episode 101. Today on the Youth Speakers Coach Podcast, we are pleased to bring you highlights from an interview with Nancy Duarte. As a point of introduction, let me tell you a little bit about our guest today. Nancy Duarte is an expert in presentation design and principal of Duarte Design, where she's served as CEO for 21 years. Nancy speaks around the world, seeking to improve the power of public presentations. In this interview, Nancy is going to be talking about the importance of connecting with your audience when you preach, uh, the power of connecting with students as a youth pastor, youth minister, or youth speaker. In fact, Nancy shares her experience in youth ministry. Enjoy. <laughs> and we've got a lot of uh, youth speakers, youth pastors, preachers on the line today um, have a tendency uh, when we either are trying to tell stories or preach a sermon or whatever, have a tendency to include far too much information <laughs> in our messages. <laughs> So now hey, how said I, it. I did it. <laughs> well, it's true. You know, we, we understand. Know thyself, right? Um, uh-huh. and how have you observed great preachers, so specifically in the realm of preaching, and I know you've done some research and, and watched some, some great preachers over the years. How have you observed that they're able to remove uh, that noise, kind of as you talk about in your book, from their sermons? How, how do yeah, they do that? I- I, you know, I, I don't know. I only can speak to myself. No, I don't know if you guys know. My husband and I were youth ministers for about three years, and I tend to be the front person in my marriage, but my husband's the one who's actually a really, really good speaker. I think the the trick is uh, to make it short. Um, I think the attention spans of young people today, I, I think the 18-minute to 20-minute mark, really great ministers do that. I like you know, I think Tim Keller is amazing. I think John Ortberg is amazing. And they have strong structure, and it's really tight. And one of the hardest things is, you know, if you're well-read and you did all your homework and you put 20 hours in your message or whatever, however much you're putting in it, it's really hard to not include everything in, in, the, in the bathroom sink because you feel proud of yourself. You feel like, oh, my God, this, this meant a lot to me when I discovered it. Therefore, I need to share it with them. And I think that's the part that we need to pull back on and say, wait a minute, just because I needed this because I'm a filthy sinner (laughs) doesn't mean my kids needed it at this moment. And so you need to bank your insights, like in a database, in a spreadsheet, bank the insights, and then pray and ask God what moment you're to share those insights. Because just because it was given to you in that moment doesn't mean that new insight might have a gestation period in yourself and let that new word do a work in you before you feel it's ready to spill out onto others. So I think trimming, it's called murder your darlings. You have to cut back on anything that's superfluous. Uh, Youth youth ministers a lot of times try to be like, oh, my God, I'm going to be funny, and I'm going to be like a comedian, and I'm going to do all this goofy stuff, and I'm going to do cartwheels, and then I'm going to stand on my hands. And it's just like, wow, really? Really? I mean, what is it that's going to resonate best uh, in that moment? And brevity is one of them, (laughs) especially with kids today. In your book, so back to resonate for a minute, um, Mm -hmm. you talk about making the audience the hero. But here's the real question for us. How do you do that with teenagers? How, how in the world do you make a teenager or a room of teenagers, whether there's 15 students or 
you know, 1,500 students or whatever. How do you make them the hero? You know, the interesting part is not even so much that they're the hero. I mean, the point is they are the hero. They are the protagonist in their own life, right? So when they come to youth group, they have everything that had been going on all day. You know, they had bad grades. They broke up with their girlfriend, had all stuff. And you have them for an hour. Let's just call it an hour. So you are a moment in their life. So if you look at if you look at heroes in movies and all of that, the hero winds up having an encounter with someone, a.k.a. their youth minister, that puts them back on track. So what I'm not saying is go and have some hero worship. What I'm saying is your one moment in a protagonist life make the best of that moment so if you look at not so much the hero but the role of, of the mentor that I talk about in the book and in my TED talk your role as a youth minister is to help the protagonist do one of three things you help them get unstuck or you give them a magical gift or a special tool and those special tools and magical gifts you're giving them have a lot to do with their eternal fate you know um, so it's really one of that you're approached in a moment of their life as one of humil- humble servants and, and one, a stance from humility there to serve them and in their life, not to build your own platform, to build your own career, to stand up in front and feel great about yourself because you pronounce this great thing and, you know, you feel rocking because now your youth group's growing and, my gosh, I'm getting traction. Those are not the things that are important. The things that are important is did they leave your meeting and get unstuck? Not that's your role with the heroes. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And actually, I want you to, to go over those three things again a, a little slower. I'm, I'm, I'm writing as fast as I can. Uh, and I want you to, because I thought what you just said, that was, uh, that was huge. Um, yeah, and the so, first one was unstuck, if I remember, yeah, if I got that right. right. And then talk about that for a minute. So in myths, in myths and movies, that's what the mentor does in myths and movies. They come alongside the hero. They help them get unstuck. They bring a magical gift or a special tool. So Obi-Wan Kenobi taught Luke Skywalker how to use the Force. Number one, introduced him to the Force, and then taught him how to use the Force. Um, So every time there's an encounter with a mentor, it changes the direction of the protagonist so they have the strength and or energy and or commitment to jump into the story. That is so good. Anyway, you could write a whole book on that. <laughs> for, for youth ministry, I mean, for youth, for youth pastors. Yeah, so yeah. good. I, I want to kind of finish our time. I've got a couple of questions on, on the spark line uh, that came mm-hmm. in. And so I kind of want to finish our time focusing on that. So uh, can sure. you kind of give us a little bit of an overview for those who are unfamiliar with the spark line concept of communication? Uh, mm-hmm. Just start by giving us an overview, and then I've got some follow-ups. Yeah. So this was a discovery that I made after studying storytelling, and then I went through the greatest sermons of all time, the top 100 sermons, sorry, top 100 um, speeches of all time, and I could tell they had a pattern, like a cadence. There was some sort of tension and release and tension and release, like a rhythm. And after like, dissecting them and learning the principles of story, I found the pattern. And that pattern is a structural device where you move between what is to what could be, what is, what could be. And it's like suddenly how they currently are, who they are, how they're behaving, what they're believing is suddenly less appealing when you've painted a picture of a bright future of the way it could be. And um, it's a structural device. So I, I would get questions like, oh, my gosh, did Dr. Martin Luther King use your spark line? It's like, no, I was a year old. 
No, he did not. <laughs> what Dr. King did do is he worked his sermon with brilliant craftsmanship. He worked his I have a dream speech, right? He worked it, worked it, worked it, worked it, crafted it, crafted it, ran it by people, and then crafted it and crafted it, and then it was ready. And that's why I don't call the sparkline a formula. I actually address that in the book. I call it a form because it's not like, hey, I just told you what it is. Now I'm going to tell you what it could be. I'm gonna tell you. No, what you need to do is write the best sermon you've ever done then rewrite it, then run it by someone, and then recraft it. And then if you go and analyze it, it'll move between what is and what could be. That's why I'm careful to call it an analysis tool and not a sermon creation tool. Uh, Nancy, we're going to give you 30 seconds right now. If, if you were going to share for just 30 seconds with the youth pastors of America, and this was all they were going to ever hear you say, what, what do you want to tell them? Well, okay, if it's all of the youth pastors in all of America. <laughs> sure, at least those um, that are on the call today. <laughs> you know what? I think it's hard. I think you guys have the hardest job. I mean, my husband and I were in the ministry. My brother-in-law just struggled in the ministry for over a decade, ministering to young people. But I also know that the impact, like we just got an email from one of our youth kids, and we're talking 33 years ago, and said that by far, bar none, we have the biggest influence in shaping them. And it's so fun to hear that 33 years later. And I think you get beat up a lot, you know, pressure from the pastor. You're always a second-class citizen in the ranking of the church, and yet these kids are struggling with suicide and drugs and poor in ways amplified so much farther than what my husband and I ever had to deal with with these young kids. And just, I would say, stay strong, stay committed, and don't lose heart. Because <laughs> in 33 years, you'll get those same notes that we did, and uh, you're changing lives. And not very many people can say that I have a career where lives are changed, but you do. And uh, there's a lot of meaning in that. Wow. Well, thank you, Nancy. We really appreciate your time with us today. And. Uh, it, it means the world to everybody on the call today. So thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Youth Speakers Coach podcast. If you want more information about Youth Speakers Coach, feel free to check out our website at www.youthspeakerscoach.org. We'll see you next time.